brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Lucy. And I'm Penny. This episode, we're covering Yellow Jacket Season 1, Episode 8, Flight of the Bumblebee, which is kind of a sadistic title. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little. kind of love it. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to the Yellow Jackets, Lucy. Glad you're into the show. Buzz, buzz, buzz. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also want to welcome all the people who found us because of Yellow Jackets. I know, you know, this is a show that people typically think of as, man, we need need to have a podcast for this. So we're happy to oblige. Mm. If you don't know, we're House Podcastica on the Podcastica Network. There's other podcasts on there. All of our main goals are to kind of enhance your experience of these shows that we're all fans of. And sometimes we rag on Fear the Walking Dead as well. <laughs> and uh, we like to build community and just have fun doing all that stuff. So we're really glad you're here, that you found us, that you're listening. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And I also, before we get into this week's episode, we have a Yellow Jackets chat group on Facebook that has a lot of people just saying really smart things and theories and things like that. And we all kind of spontaneously just tried to figure out based on everything we know so far, who may be left by the time of the cannibal council that Mm. we saw in episode one. So um, we figured that five died in the crash. That's two pilots, a flight attendant, one player and coach Martinez, who's Travis and Javi's dad. Mm-hmm. So five dead in the crash. Thirteen survivors whose names we know. That's Coach Ben, Misty, Jackie, Natalie, Shauna, Thaisa, Vanessa, Laura Lee, who's now gone, Lottie, Travis, Javi, Mary or Mari, mm-hmm. and Aquila. Now there are others kind of like the log carrying people on Lost. Daphne mm-hmm. had screenshots of six unnamed players who were at the funeral for the ones who died in the crash. Two of those were listed in IMDb as Yellow Jacket 1 and 2. So, <laughs> Or dinner. <laughs> yeah, right. Red shirts. Um, so it, 
you know, or with these showrunners, maybe some of them are super important, but they're just going to spring that on us later. Who knows? But mm-hmm. unless there's more than those six, which they're very well, maybe we're just speculating here. That would mean there were possibly 24 on the plane and then five who died. So that would leave. And then Loralee also died. So that would be 18 still left alive at this point in the series, mm-hmm. not counting moving forward in the Cannibal Council. So, um, fast forward to Cannibal Council, we see seven total on the Cannibal Council. I love that we have these titles for Cannibal the, Council. these things, by the way. <laughs> um, there's Misty, the Antler Queen, and five others there. So, if you had 18 minus those, 18 potentially still alive minus those seven, and Pit Girl we saw die, that would leave 10 others unaccounted for at the time of the Cannibal Council. I'm sure some of those have died in the meantime but some of them may be alive and in an opposing tribe or something mm-hmm. daphne also pointed out that there's a still photo in episode one you can see the antler queen has locks of hair tied to her outfit mm-hmm. oh creepy and there's yeah and they're all long strands of hair and you know locks and it looks like eight of them so <laughs> you could, that could be like a fealty thing, but more likely it's kill count, right? Dinner. Trophies. <laughs> yeah. Menu. So with eight victims out of the 10 unaccounted for, that would leave just two not in the cannibal council still running around. So I, at first I had been thinking maybe Thaisa, Shauna, and Natalie had all stuck together and were the ones not present in the cannibal council. But if there's only two at most left then that means at least one of those three has to be on it i mean i wouldn't be surprised if all three are on it to be honest yeah and then and then you also have coach ben he's another factor he has short hair i guess he could grow his hair out that long in 19 months but i we all feel like he's gonna be the first one to be eaten (laughs) who knows so that that could mean that there's only one person outside the cannibal council left at that at that point when they've got, you know, eight locks of hair as trophies, mm-hmm. maybe it could be Travis running around on his own. It's funny, Jason, because I was doing the exact same analysis and I have a, a list and I've decided that the running girl is, has to be Jackie, Lottie or Mari. Mm-hmm. And I think it's Lottie. That's my guess. Yeah. Um, I thought it was Laura Lee, but nope. clearly. <laughs> <laughs> i have thoughts (laughs) i think i don't know i don't know how much to trust the show in terms of how forensically detailed it is because you know how in some shows they set things up or there's little things that slip in episodes one or two and then 10 episodes in we're like but the file in episode two said this thing and they're like that was really just a mistake we didn't mean to do that so i'm I'm still waiting for the show to indicate to me how how much I can trust that level of detail. I hope it's a lot, but I do wonder sometimes if they're keeping things up their hat in case of a season two, which they didn't know about when this was first aired. Like the, was it the Tailies and Lost, the ones that were in the tail of the plane that we mm-hmm. never saw exactly, until season yeah. three? Um, but the maths you've done, Jason, sounds pretty sound to me. Mm. Um, in terms of who the running girl is, I guess my thing with the running girl is, is I'm, is she being hunted or is she running and falls into a trap that's being set for something else? Like, I'm not, 
I'm not 100% either way. I believe they eat her. I believe that they do use her in the yeah. ritual. But if it's Lottie, I wonder if it's a hallucination or something and she ends oh, up in a trap that they've be, set yeah. for something bigger. You um, never know because on this show they know. often set things up to make you think things are a certain way and mm -hmm. then subvert your expectations. So that what you just said could very well be. Yeah, I'm now loving the idea of Ben as the antler queen though. Like <laughs> in his with his like crutches under the antlers just like loving life as the coach. Um no, it sounds sounds good to me. I think yeah, there's there's going to be I think they've given themselves enough room to flesh out maybe three more characters for a second season, you know, with the yeah. terms of background players. Sure. And I do wonder if Mari and what was the name of the girl who stitches up Van's place? Is it uh, Akira? Akila. 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 I wonder if there's going to be more to them than meets the eye. I keep thinking Akila is um, Tice's wife because they look extraordinarily alike facially. Um, but I know that she can't be because of the way no. that Ty talks to her about the things that happened. She wasn't there, yeah. Yeah, she wasn't there. Um, but they would be a great casting <laughs> if you needed to cast a young <laughs> version. But no, that sounds like logic to me. I'm not sure who I would bet is where. It's fun to try to figure it out. We'll see. As far as the forensics go, I am like you. Who knows mm. whether how meticulous they are, but I would like to think that they're very meticulous. For example, so. Jackie's Journal had some, and some artists and movies in there that premiered after 1996. Mm -hmm. And so I would, I either Jackie came back from the crash or there's some explanation for it aside from production error. You know what I mean? Yeah. They focus the camera in on that. So I think they are smart and clever enough to be really concerned with all these details. For and sure. I hope That's my I'm hope. not wrong about that. Right. <laughs> yeah. That would be crazy yeah. that they wouldn't. Cause, cause I also think that they're very focused in on what is the audience going to think here and how can we flip their expectations? So yeah. they're really, they know that we're watching all these details. They know what age we're in with people freeze framing the heck out of everything and i think the other thing i would say is i think that the four have to be on that council because i i thought a lot about this but the way they are with misty although they're kind of they're acrimonious towards her like they don't like her it's a different kind of dysfunction to you ate people and we didn't like it's more oh, yeah. oh my god misty's such a drag rather than oh my god she's a freaking cannibal yeah, like I, it's, agree. I i do think that that is yeah it would surprise me if it was the case that the four of them weren't at least complicit in some of that um and things like you know ty doesn't eat meat now and stuff yeah there's there's signs i think when when shauna casually uh skinned that rabbit and gutted it and everything Part of me thought that's because she had to skin a lot of animals, but no, I think it was humans. A rabbit's nothing compared to a human. Yeah, a fluffy bunny, nothing yeah. compared to Jackie. Like, yeah. All right, well, let's get into the actual episode this week, which is Yellow Jacket Season 1, Episode 8, Flight of the Bumblebee. Just really quickly, Penny, what did you think of it in general? Um, Another great episode from this show but it's very different from the early episodes because the early episodes opened up a lot of questions. And now that we're in the like last couple of the season, we're starting to get answers, which is very satisfying, mm -hmm. um, but different from the earlier episodes. It's good. It's good to know that they're 
not just going to string us along on everything. <laughs> and hopefully, I agree. By yeah. the end, nothing. But yes, giving a, a, at least one definitive answer here felt really good. What about you, Lucy? Hard to watch, but wonderful. Yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm just loving this show so much, but this was painful to watch in certain points, whether it's Laura Lee cracking her head off the bottom of a pool, which I like felt through me. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's horrible. Or Van's face or almost burning Van alive. Like there was a lot in this episode that was just uncomfortable to watch and the I, I enjoyed that. I like where the show is putting us at this point in terms of our challenging us as viewers to kind of bear with them as the mm -hmm. things start getting even darker. I really feel like this show is is more of a black comedy than anything I've covered before. Oh, because yeah. when they're burning Van alive, I think they expect us to get a little chuckle out of that. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> so, it's so extra. It's like, oh, okay, it's we're like, going to build yeah. a full Star Wars pyre. We're going right. to get the little torches. We're going to do all this. We're not going to check our pulse. <laughs> right. We're not going to give it five minutes. We're going to build a pyre. And I'm just like, yes. right girls, now. Man. And we're going to light her on fire. And right you know, now. Like this show, I notice a lot of people do this and it's a show that compels you to talk about what kinds of shows it draws from. So people have mm -hmm. said Lord of the Flies lost alive recently i've been adding in mean girls but now mm. also i think melrose place because mm. it's i feel like it's a heightened reality with people acting in extreme ways that are mm. thrilling but not quite and i at first i was kind of writing that off as to well they're the yellow jackets they went through a lot so they've really been changed by this but no i do feel it's a bit soapy wendy also said true detective which i think is another yeah it was very big but this is what scares me is that I liked the way that True Detective season one ended, but a lot of people didn't. And I don't think it delivered on everything. So I am feeling this anxiety as we get towards the end of season one. I'm like, please still be good. Please still be good. Please still be good. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so far it is. I love the episode. But mm -hmm. I mean, like when you, and I don't, I'm just touching on something that we'll go deeper in. But when you have uh, Misty, you know, kidnapping this woman <laughs> and then presumably, <laughs> I, we don't know yet, but I, I suspect she's going to get away with it. The woman's just going to leave. That feels Marrow's place to me, oh, where yeah. people don't accept that kind of behavior in the real world. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's a bit heightened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's get into our points. Penny, what, what do you want to talk about first? My first point is Van. I thought she was dead at the end of last episode. So I was super excited that she was still alive. I love Liv Hewson because of... Um, I think it might have been Wendy. I went and watched Santa Clarita oh, Diet. Yes. And I binged through the whole thing. I just buzzed right through it. Um, and, is she in and that? And amazing on oh, it. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. She's so, I love her in this show. Yeah, she's great. I would I would 100% watch Santa Clarita Diet. Mm. Now that I've watched it, I'll recommend it to many cool. people. Mm. It's hilarious. And, and she's um, such a big part of the that. Best. Yeah, she's yeah. a huge part of that, isn't she? I heard someone say that if, we do get to see adult Van. They want Drew Barrymore to play her, and Drew Barrymore <laughs> plays uh, Liv Hewson's mom in in Santa Clarita. Yeah. And I'm like, that would be cool. <laughs> That'd be good. Some good stunt casting. Mm -hmm. um, I loved the rescue scene with the girls running through the dark woods with those lanterns. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really beautiful and also scary. You know, like that point when they stopped and they were like, "We can't see anything. What's going on?" Mm -hmm. And then the flare. It was so dramatic and emotional. I, I just loved it. Yeah. Uh, last week, I thought she was dead too. And Rima in the chat said she thought she survived. 
And people started putting up evidence like the fact that she's wearing the damn co-ed naked soccer t-shirt the whole episode that we see uh, on the whoever, whichever girl walks up to the pit that pit girl fell into. Mm-hmm. Same same sweatshirt. So and she had her face like covered up. Well, I mean, they all did. But I, I thought I started to think, OK, no, no, no. I think she's going to live. And then the first scene she's on, <laughs> she's on yeah. this pyro. Oh, oh, I guess I'm wrong. Wait, I'm right? What the hell? <laughs> so uh, that was pretty fucked up. <laughs> it's like, dude. Misty yeah. fucking Quigley clearly missed the module about pulse yeah, taking. Which on. seems quite crucial. <laughs> I don't know what I'd be more upset about, like, if I w- reluctantly went on this quest and ended up being mauled by wolves, or that my supposed friends stuck me on a pyre and started burning me without making sure I was dead first. I mean... For real, like, come on, guys. <laughs> it does make a case for Van being the blackmailer, mm. right? Like, yeah. if she suffered these horrible things, like, that could really turn you. I feel like, yeah, her relationship with with um, Thais is not going to be the same after this. And there's, a, there's, like, a phantom truther kind of thing going on with the music from the Phantom of the Opera keeps yes. getting featured, um, famously. Matt's Must be connected. Featured must be just like yeah. magical mr mistopheles was connected <laughs> to no one's sure <laughs> but that yeah. this this device keeps coming up where mm. we thought uh she was dead because she was on a pyre and no she's alive where they'll lead us down a oh, path shit, yeah. and then make us think something and then it's it's another way sometimes that happens over a longer term like which i suspect might be the case with whether jeff is having an affair or all these different things but sometimes it happens right in the moment like when you think in this episode that uh natalie is going to rehab again or you know going to a a 12-step meeting oh no she's there to get information like they just try to make you think things and then it's something else it's even happened with van before in the initial crash they leave her and you think that she's being burned on the plane you're like oh well van died i remember thinking at the time like uh-huh. oh look Houston, i like them um and then she pops up um right there so oh my goodness maybe this is oh i'd like it if van made it and yeah me too i i um i also found that stitching scene so hard to watch oh, <gasps> That's oh the god and they oh. kept the camera trained on it for a while and then Awful. and i was surprised that it wasn't misty stitching her up it was i mean after the pulse thing are we <laughs> maybe not it was Akila, who's the jv girl mm. and a girl scout girl right scout. yeah yeah that's i guess that's why she did it mm. huh i mean i definitely didn't cover that in the brownies but maybe it's different <laughs> in america <laughs> base stitching okay lucy um for me i adored the scene with nat and coach ben down by the river Mm -hmm. um, because it thwarted my expectations because i don't know if i'm just a horribly cynical person but when nat had been kind of snubbed by travis and had come down to the river to see the coach part of me was just like oh god let's not do a disgusting coach and natalie thing here because that would be really really unpleasant and it actually went completely the other way and delivered me a really nice surprise because I, though I am proud to say my gaydar is usually very, very good, I had not thought that Coach Ben was gay. Um, and to have Natalie point it out in such a kind of compassionate and kind of warm way was just really, I don't know, it was just really touching. And to think that in 1996, like 25 years ago, 
they're like lost in the wilderness and he's still worried about being outed just kind of shows you that like although things weren't the worst back then they weren't great and you know being a they've man changed working, a lot they've changed so much i and mean being a not, man it's who, not like, perfect now but it's, it's just it's in the u.s anyway yeah. socially way more acceptable to be out and proud yeah and like someone who works around kids would have a lot to worry about because people would make assumptions and yeah. that's just disgusting and shouldn't you know that's not something anyone should ever think but to see that kind of uncertainty in him and i don't know it just gave me a lot of warmth towards ben because i've I don't know, some people have been saying that they feel his treatment of misty is unfair that he's leading her on i have to disagree with that i think he's in self-preservation mode she's she's scary she can point he's very very vulnerable She's poisoned him, you know, she's, she's she kind of, she tripped him. She tripped it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sort of like, no, I think he's, he's allowed to sort of lead her on in this situation because it, he could die if he, I mean, he's probably going to die anyway, but I yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't dubious, judge him for that. Maybe he should have at least tried saying, look, I'm too old for you. And then if she started like, I don't know plotting to kill him he could say okay no 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 i changed my mind <laughs> i don't know i mean she's already chopped his leg off cauterized him without consent and poisoned him by this point you're right I'm you're like, right touche um, <laughs> um but yeah i thought it was just a beautiful scene down by the river i don't know it was just a nice moment of calm and i knew it was too good to last but it really stood out to me as quite a warm moment between the two of them and yet yeah, i did write though coach is very dead <laughs> in my notes because it just seemed like too beautiful of a a moment to let him kind of get away with it really and i think we also see in this episode his authority is kind of slipping you know what limited authority he had is just not there anymore and he does say that thing in episode two is it about the wolves you know if they all gang together enough they'll take down anything and you do wonder if the wolves are going to kind of turn on coach. Oh, is he point. the one that said that? Yeah. Foreshadowing. Yeah. So yep. I'm a little like, mm. but at least and he also, had a cute time. <laughs> he had this moment, as you're saying, with Natalie, this episode. And whenever somebody has a big emotional cathartic moment, I always assume they're going to die soon. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm surprised he didn't just fall in the river and like just die there and then. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but see, they double subverted our expectations with Van because she had a a moment, yeah. a hopeful moment, which is even worse than a cathartic moment, you might say. <laughs> and then we thought she was dead, but no, she's not. There's just this one thing I want to do. And you're like, well, that's <laughs> never happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as Natalie was talking to the coach about worrying whether things are going to work out with his boyfriend, I'm like... You don't need to worry about that because you're going to be eaten soon. It's like things will work their way out, Ben. You'll probably be dead in like a week. You you won't need to worry on the bright side. I had a thought about Travis and his difficulty in consummating his relationship with Natalie Mm. and his horrible relationship with his father. And I wondered if he'd ever been molested. I think this, Penny. Yes. And I think there's more to Bobby Farley than just a nickname. I yeah. don't know. There's something about it, like the way his face changed when she said Bobby Farley. I was like, oh, has something bad happened there? Like, the nickname is pretty traumatizing and awful. Yeah, yeah. I'm not denying that. But there does seem to be more more going on with Travis than, yeah. The way, well, yeah, the the way he, like, his little brother was so worried about his father and he didn't care. Mm-hmm. Right? So that jibes with what you just said, Penny. Yeah. And you often find in situations like that, older siblings protecting the younger from that kind of thing. So like an older sibling may be aware or more conscious of things happening than the one sibling can be focused on um, by the 
perpetrator. Yeah. Yeah. My gaydar didn't go off either. I mean, that could partly, well, I don't really have gaydar necessarily, <laughs> but the actor may not be gay. You know, that would, <laughs> yeah, that would swing it, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, when he had all those condoms, my assumption is he's a womanizer, right? Well, indeed, yeah. I think they probably thought we would all assume that. Cause that's just yet another example of them leading us down one path and then mm-hmm. psych in the nineties. I don't know if this is still true around like teenagers and college students, but everywhere I went, people were handing out condoms. Yeah. It was like the time of safe of sex condoms. and we yeah, just, there we... would be like, Parties at a party, there'd be a punch bowl full of condoms or like there'd be condom giveaways with like, you know, the student newspaper and things like that, because everybody was so aware of AIDS at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's when you think 96 to be a gay man in 1996, you're really not far away from that at all. It's it's pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite funny because, you know, when that episode happened, Peter and I were like, this guy fucks. And then we're like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> like, not in the way we thought. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and just I, I also thought it was a very sweet scene between the two of them. First off, that she said he was gay. He seemed really nervous about it. She's like, no, it's cool. So very supportive. And then in return, she shows vulnerability, like asking, do you think Travis is gay? And he's like, oh no, if you feel like giving him another chance, he'll probably be really glad. He's just probably up in his head or something. And yeah. which just a lot of mutual um, caring and understanding and non-judgmental attitudes going on there, which I thought was really nice. Yeah. I never played a lot of team sports, but that is the kind of thing I would hope coaches do, right? Yeah. Like they provide another adult in these kids' lives who they can go to for support and advice. Mm-hmm. The best ones, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some are just monsters, that fucking Larry Nassar. Mm. The other thing uh, I thought You know was that nice guy, was... Lucy? No, who was Larry oh, Nassar? That, is that the Penn State guy yeah, or is that it's the... It's uh, the yeah. Olympic gymnast coach oh. who... Molested no, 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 girls yes. for years. I don't, we don't need to go down the rabbit hole, but just yeah. to, <laughs> awful. Because yeah. I was going to say the one, the one thing about Coach Ben as well was he was actually quite respectful about Misty when he spoke about her there, because he could have, you know, he could have gone down the oh my god she's a little psycho she tried to poison me I can't yeah. believe her blah blah blah. <laughs> He's acting mature. He's he was like you just so you know we're not just to you know yeah. clear that up and I was kind of like yeah that's kind of an adult move there rather than just being like oh my god thank you for saying because <laughs> she's so weird and I don't know what to do that yeah. like he pitched it right well even when um Jackie just let everybody know that Shauna's pregnant and they're all oh my gosh and Misty went right over to her oh and started like yeah and she's like and not Shana right now was like don't like, swat her away that's what people are with her just get okay misty come on <laughs> even in the cannibal council i'm sure they're just like can you just bring the meat and go to yeah. your spot okay there's a reason that they play all that dramatic music it's because the dialogue is everyone just being really pissed at misty, <laughs> misty can you hurry please yeah misty shut up <laughs> with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Uh, my turn, right? Mm. Yes. Yeah? Okay. I want to talk about Laura Lee. Oh, uh-huh. Laura Lee. Who? I'm not a religious person, so I was kind of not feeling super connected with Laura Lee because a, a big part of her personality had been her faith. But this episode, I really started to like her and admire her. And now she's mm-hmm. gone. <laughs> I know. I, I'm bummed. I'm really bummed that she's away. Is there any way she could have survived that? No. I mean, I mean it seems... 99% unlikely, but I don't know why she didn't. She was over a lake. If it were me, I think I would have jumped. Yeah, but I don't think, I, I, God, if she does, I think it's kind of dumb. Yeah. I mean, she just grabbed her cross and like looked into the light. I don't know. Wouldn't <laughs> was, it, choice. was it supernatural or was the bear a victim of spontaneous bear combustion? Like, what are we thinking? I, yeah, I, I think she should have left the bear. Out. I think it was an evil yeah, bear. I think it's Leonard's fault. <laughs> Leonard was possessed <laughs> by Satan. <laughs> I think that is the question, and I still feel like the jury's out on whether the happenings are supernatural, but the more things that Lottie keeps predicting that keep coming true, and she predicted this too, Mm -hmm. because she saw during her baptism fire all around Laura Lee's head, and Laura Lee said, that's the Holy Spirit, but now Lottie, I think the whole point, at first I was like, oh my gosh, I'm kind of shocked that Lottie's cheerleader died because i had thought she would be kind of shoring up lottie's great insanity but mm-hmm. i actually think this will even push it more further in that direction because yes. lottie had been kind of depending on laura lee and her interpretation of mm-hmm. what's going on in lottie's head as being like a christian thing and now she'll be like no lottie had all this faith but it was unfounded and I, and she said that that fire was the holy spirit and when because at first, uh, Lottie seemed concerned about that. I saw fire. Oh, that's the Holy Spirit. Now she's going to be like, no, Laura Lee was wrong and I was right. And so I think every, now she's just going to, and I need to be my own cheerleader, you know? In a weird sort of way, Laura Lee grounded her. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. It, even though it was grounding in another set of beliefs that weren't necessarily accurate for that situation, I think, yeah, she was a grounding force. Um, but what do, she did serve to do is just to give Lottie the idea that she's special you know, and that she has a gift. Yeah. Yeah. I think Van and some of the girls who were on the expedition are going to be believers as well because she predicted the river yeah. of blood and the red yeah. smoke. And, you know, she wanted Van to wear the thing to keep her safe. And the more mm-hmm. of her predictions that come through, the more I'm sort of like, okay, maybe it is supernatural. I still think because of the thing I said earlier about the show being kind of heightened, that they could all mm-hmm. still be coincidences and the jury's still out. But, it does seem more and more like it's supernatural. The fire in the plane, I think it could have just been some, it's an old plane and had no oil for years mm. or something. You know, I don't know how planes work, but. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems weird that the fire would start in the passenger seat. Yeah. Like, somebody it be said in the engine? something underneath the seat could have. Yeah. Cause you're right. Like that is a bit of a stretcher. I'm like uh, trying to explain 
it just seemed like the damn bear caught on fire, right? So that's so. that's definitely how it was filmed. Was <laughs> yeah, the, really the bear? Was. The bear? The bear is on fire, like. <laughs> <laughs> but it could. I if you're trying to explain how it could not be supernatural, the only thing could be that something under the seat was really hot, right? Mm, I yeah. guess. Or a misty stuck a match in the bear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think. I don't think I'm going to pin this one on Misty. <laughs> yeah, I was things. tense too as well, but I think uh, no, I don't she think looked she pretty horrified. Yeah, I think everyone was pretty psyched at the thought of Laura Lee getting away. Yeah, I really thought I kind of said to myself, I "Was like, what do I want to happen here? Like, what would be satisfying?" Because obviously, she's not going to get them help unless she flies for 19 months right. um, and i <laughs> kind of thought what would be really satisfying would be if she just disappeared like she flies away but never comes back we and don't know knows what becomes of her but uh this oh was like brutal. Keith on walking dead like right. keith keith and laura no, Lee hanging out it was a magnificent explosion that was horrifying but just Perfect. like oh my god yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i admired i mean she has the courage of her convictions and mm. in this episode you saw until the end all the ways that that is kind of great like just when misty comes back all frantic from van and she told us to leave and we had to get help she's just right there holding her mm -hmm. shoulder saying supportively and confidently show us which way to go and yeah. then um she wakes everyone up and says, I'm going to fly out of here. I've been reading the flight manual. My grandpa flew and I got to steer a couple times, just so sure of herself. And, mm -hmm. and then when she challenged the coach's authority, like you mentioned a minute ago, you know, what are you going to do to stop me, coach? That actually made me nervous. It's like, oh, this is where society starts to break down. Yeah. And, and, and I've thought, coach, if you want to keep your authority, you have to be wise in the way you use it or you could lose it. I mm -hmm. feel like that about the Supreme Court sometimes these days, you know, if they keep making judgments that most of the country doesn't ap agree with, then, mm. then people won't respect them as much. Um, not to get political or anything, but um, then when she said, you know, if we don't do this, we're all going to fucking die. I'm like, well, she used profanity. That's how you know it's like a big deal because <laughs> yeah. she's serious. I mean, the last time she used profanity, it caused a plane crash. So yeah, right. You know, it's pretty she serious. She shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I, I don't know why we're all... Don't know why we're all blaming Misty for destroying the black yeah. box. It was clearly Laura Lee's fault. Her dirty mouth. <laughs> um, I'm not sure I believe that she wouldn't have anyone go with her, but maybe that's because they need to save some of these girls and dole out the deaths over <laughs> the season. Yeah. As dark as that is to say. Uh, what else? I, I, I Lottie seemed really upset. Yeah, I mean, I got kind of covered my point on what all that means. Uh, but, oh, another thing too, though, is she this whatever voices she heard in her head said or or i think she said he doesn't want us to leave the island or not the island i keep saying that it's because it's, it's exactly it's like, like that thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh and so this goes along with that too just mm -hmm. doesn't want doesn't want you to leave although we know they do leave at some point so mm. i don't know yeah how are they eventually that's going to be interesting to see how that they keep saying they got rescued out. yeah I wonder how. Yeah. Also, last thing, they should have cleaned off the windows of the airplane better. That really bothered yeah. me. What was that all about? <laughs> Dude. It'll be fine. It's light up there. <laughs> okay. Penny, your turn. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk about reunion because mm. I'm pretty sure this is the first we've heard of it. Yeah. I think so, yeah. And Jeff is way into it. And now I think all of his meetings with Bianca or whatever 
are all about some big reunion related surprise. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. But I feel like not telling us earlier that this was coming up is kind of cheesy. Cheat. Mm. Yeah. And the yellow dress, I saw some people online being like, why would he buy a yellow dress? But I think their school colors are blue and yellow. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. But she was so funny when she was like, you're a few months and my entire personality early, <laughs> which was just a hilarious line. I wonder if if he is the blackmailer. I'm sure we'll talk about this in a bit. If he's setting her up for a big reveal at the reunion. What do like you mean? Like Carrie style. Like he's like, going to announce it or something? I don't know, announce the kind of shit that, I don't know, something mm. mean. I don't know, there's more to Jeff than meets the eye, I think, so I don't know. Yeah. But maybe he High just is like reunions are dangerous. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't go alone. <laughs> I, per, you know, like I have a lot of, with some shows, I really feel like, oh, I really think this is going to go a certain way. With this show, it's, it's harder for me to mm. predict, but f I feel like Jeff is actually a good guy. I don't yeah. think he's having an affair. No. Yeah, I think that's another one of those misdirected direction things. Yeah. yeah, I saw this great interview with Melanie Linsky, and she was talking about why she signed on to the show and what appealed to her. And it made me feel really confident because she said she met with the showrunners and they have a five-year plan and they showed her the whole plan. Yeah. Okay. And she said, you know, the first season's very worked out. The second season is, you know, a little less worked out and, and it's more vague later on. But she was like, I didn't want to get involved with a show yeah. that didn't have a plan. And the and final season that's... just says Cannibal Council. That's it. <laughs> well, I actually <laughs> hope there's a season after they get rescued and we get to see them trying to reintegrate into society. Mm -hmm. I think that would be really interesting. And maybe the adults go back out to the wilderness for some reason. Yeah. Oh, like in that movie, uh, The Five Bloods that um, Spike Lee put out last year. I didn't see it. Oh, like him, it's though. not great. <laughs> okay lucy all right number two um we kind of touched on it a little earlier i'm intrigued by travis and jackie i feel like jackie is trying to make herself feel better by kind of getting in there with travis at the moment and i'm not a fan don't enjoy i feel bad for my girl nat um the way that Jackie's maneuvering in this very calculated way, you know, dropping breadcrumbs to Travis about who Nat's been sleeping with, telling the group about Shauna. I mean, I was expecting this episode to have a real explosion of the Jackie Jeff Shauna triangle, but of course it thwarted my expectations and instead we've got a very calm Jackie, which in some ways is a lot more dangerous. Mm -hmm. But I do agree with you, Penny, that there is more trauma going on with Travis. Like, I do think there is something else underpinning this. It's, it's become too much of a plot point now for it to just be nervousness. And I do wonder if there's something darker there, um, either to do with his father or Bobby Farley or both of them. I, I'm glad to know that Travis and Natalie eventually find their way back together somehow, because we know from what we know in the present day that there was something there, you know, there was a relationship of some kind, whether it was friends or, or love or who knows. A bond, um, clearly. A bond, yeah. And oh my God, that scene where Juliette Lewis is screaming, don't you know what love is? Or don't you care about yeah, love? Well, so destroying so her hotel good. room. Oh, 
The acting on this show, I feel like, is top notch all oh, all the way around. Every single performance yeah. is just amazing. Even Caligula the Birdman, ten out of ten. <laughs> ten out of ten. Caligula. Yeah, he's like, get the fuck out of here. That's so convincing. He was really when she said Caligula, you're being rude. I was like, he is being rude. He's acting <laughs> rude. Um. So yeah, Travis and Jackie. Um, that could put a real. I can't see Travis going for it. But Jackie seems determined to kind of make herself feel better and hurt people in the process. And she seems like the kind of girl who maybe places a lot of value in how she's perceived by men. And Travis is the only eligible guy there um, in her eyes. So, yeah, we'll see how that pans out. And she's missing her status and she probably wants a way to rise back to the top of the group. And I would imagine is. <sighs> Yeah, the the social order is kind of screwed. Like Sean as a leader, Nat, the weird unpopular one, has got the hot guy. You know, there's there's a lot going on that isn't working for Jackie, and she's being malicious. And I think building herself a nice path to the fire pit, but we'll see how that pans out. I mean, when ja- when she said, uh, what did she say? Well, she said, you know. Nat'll get over it, whatever you did. Her standards are really low. To me, that uh was unintentional. She she's like her mother. Mm-hmm. She unintentionally offends people. And and I think mm-hmm. she's I don't know, I think you're probably right, but I also thought maybe she's just kind of not even doing this on purpose and she's just clueless and just being herself. The first time I watched it, I read it that way, but then the second time I was like you think she i mean the other thing she did was she told travis that natalie slept with this guy bobby Mm -hmm. you think that she was she had a goal in mind with that huh yeah i think she wanted to watch it burn i don't think she knew about the history with bobby farley i don't think jackie knew that Mm -hmm. but she was trying to make travis not like natalie right Mm -hmm. so she was just Trash talking Natalie generally. Yes, I mean, it happened I, to be that Bobby Farley was. I don't know if I believe that that was calculated or it's just how she is because she's constantly doing shit like that with Shauna, where she's just making decisions for her, saying things that are insulting, but she doesn't seem to realize they're insulting, yeah, like her mother did in that luncheon. You know. Yeah, I'm not sure it's conscious, but it it's definitely it's still manipulative, like mm, a power player girls, kind of a like thing. You said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching this makes me not miss being a teenage girl at all. <laughs> right. I'll put it that way. I'm like, mm, bitch. I'm like, right. I wrote in my notes, Jackie is a bitch. She's such a bitch. Simple. I was like, we should all kill Jackie. And then I'm like, oh God, that escalated yeah, quickly. Throw her in a spiked pit. Definitely eat her. And then I'm like, no, what? No, I just meant like maybe noise her up a little bit. I don't know. But also if we're hungry, we could. Right. Have One finger. Like, I mean, wouldn't hurt. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, I so yeah, Bobby Farley's the one that told everyone Travis had one of his ribs removed so he'd be flexible enough to suck his own penis. <laughs> that's dedicated like, true. <laughs> Jason's like, that's hilarious, man. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. No, I'm just but um, but yeah, like, you shut up, flex. So high school. Uh, but no, I no, I w- I would feel bad for him if I I was not a bully in high school. But uh, let's see. Um, I but one thing about him. Okay, now I'm going to be a bully because i feel like he's a total dud he's not Mm. interesting he doesn't say anything interesting he's kind of a jerk he's mean to his brother he's sexist judgmental no good in bed easily triggered low (laughs) self-esteem this guy is the worst in my opinion 
I am howling because Peter literally just had that rant over dinner. He's like, I just think Travis is really lame. And I'm yeah. like, you've clearly never been a teenage girl with a thing for bad boys. And he's like, what? It's not even a hair? bad boy. He's just boring. <laughs> and, and he's going to be around for the whole damn time, too, because we know he makes it out. So I'm hoping this show has definitely had my feelings change or have me feel more sympathetic with characters that maybe kind of rub me the wrong way before so i'm really hoping for that with travis because <laughs> he's like the only one i really just don't like right now yeah. oh i just watched lock and key also nice and uh the actor is in that yeah oh is he named hobby yeah he's yeah. called <laughs> hobby he's kind of a dud on that show too and uh, but he's an ice skater in real life which is really interesting or he was he's a pro- yeah. really professional ice skater I just think it's hilarious how much you can 90s someone up with curtains as a haircut. I'm just like, it's like, how do they make him look so 90s? And Peter's like, it's the hair. I'm like, yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Just give him the old uh, Leonardo DiCaprio look. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's, I watched Don't Look Up a couple of days ago and it had Leonardo DiCaprio in it and Melanie Linsky randomly. Oh, yeah. Uh, I really yeah. liked it. Yeah, I I had kind of mixed feelings about it, but I was delighted to see Melanie Linsky. I was like, oh, hopefully this is your like big renaissance coming now off the back mm-hmm. of Yellow Jackets and this. She was good in uh, Castle Rock too. Oh, was she? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. Okay. Well, I didn't really like it, but I liked her in it. <laughs> All right, Lucy. Uh, that was mine. Oh, it's my turn. Was Travis and Jackie. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about Thaisa, who this is the definitive answer we get. She's sleepwalking. Um, We learned that she first started sleepwalking after the plane crash. Mm -hmm. So this is her kind of going, what the hell is going on? She's as confused as anybody. Um, And also that it stopped after they got rescued and didn't start again until just a couple of weeks ago. She thinks it's stress from the campaign, from the blackmail or from problems with her wife. I was also glad that she realized that her son was talking about her. You know, he's mm-hmm. seen me. He calls it the bad one. That was good. So that makes me think I don't think she realized she was sleepwalking again until mm-hmm. maybe when the phone woke her up last episode. Otherwise, mm-hmm. she wouldn't have been so um, the way she was with her son. Mm-hmm. No, uh, yeah, not, she was quite combative with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed something last episode that uh, nobody mentioned on the podcast last time. When Thaisa woke up in the in the tree and then she went inside, the camera lingers on the leaves that are in the foreground and mm. you see her door close and the leaves were moving, mm. which made me think that somebody else was in the tree. <gasps> That's creepy. <laughs> the man with no eyes. Right. I don't know, but the camera like, like focused on the moving leaves. So I, I feel like we were meant to... Think something, think about, something that. about that. I don't know. Maybe it was I'm a filing that away. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's a vegetarian, which I hadn't even noticed before, mm. but she also bit herself. So I think that's all wrapped up in the cannibalism. I think she's super hungry, man. Like vegetarians. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> I mean, she's also. I got the sense she's a vegetarian for her image because people are constantly sort of implying or asking right. if she's a cannibal, right? Mm. So. One of the best ways to counter that is to be like, what? I'm a vegetarian. I don't even eat meat at yeah. all. <laughs> and, and when she says to Simone, she's afraid she'll hurt her or her son, I think probably 
her having bitten herself is maybe the biggest reason why she might think that maybe she'll bite mm-hmm. someone else too. Well, I've seen people speculating that like it wasn't wolves that got Van, but I, mm, I think it was. I think the other we girls would have noticed. Yeah, we saw it. Like, oh yeah, no, yeah. no, yeah. Oh yeah, people have some of the craziest theories. I mean, did you watch? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Now she tells Shauna, "You know how bad it can get," which makes me think there's going to be more sleepwalking stuff to come out in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the symmetry of Shauna sleeping next to Taisa to comfort her when she's afraid of what she'll do sleepwalking in both time frames. Mm. Yeah, that was beautiful. That was their relationship cool. is really interesting to me. Oh yeah, because she tells her about her affair, and and Taisa seems really delighted and curious and totally non-judgmental, and that's kind of how she, not delighted, but she was very non-judgmental and supportive when she found out in, in their younger days that. Shauna was pregnant, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. that's consistent. Circumstances mm-hmm. aside, that looked like a kind of fun slumber party. Mm, yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. It was a nice moment. That's why this show is so crazy. It can have just horrifying things, tragic, disturbing, and also touching, funny, and warm. Mm-hmm. I love that yeah. about the show. It really does that, doesn't it? Uh, I felt when she told Simone, I thought that was great. Her wife but didn't want to consider any outside help. She's very disdainful of psychiatry. I think it's my theory is that she just doesn't want to open herself up and be vulnerable and have someone mm-hmm. else take charge. Right. She wants to handle it herself. And so the mm-hmm. way she does that is just tell them to get out, which I feel like is not healthy. Maybe, I don't know. Mm. I mean, we don't know how bad it gets, Yeah, but that's true. I, there are people with sleeping disorders who have found a way to live their lives with them. You just have to make sure that you're like locked in at night when you're sleeping so that even if you sleepwalk, you don't leave the room. Mm-hmm. That's so, yeah, that's so hard. I uh, Here's the thing on Wikipedia. Sleepwalking is a phenomenon of combined sleep and wakefulness. It occurs during slow wave sleep stage in a state of low consciousness with performance of activities that are usually performed during a state of full consciousness. These activities can be as benign as talking, sitting up in bed, walking to a bathroom, consuming food and cleaning, or as hazardous as cooking, driving a motor vehicle, violent gestures, and grabbing at hallucinated objects. Sleepwalkers often have little or no memory of the incident as their consciousness has altered into a state in which memories are difficult to recall. Although their eyes are open, their expression is dim and glazed over. This may last from 30 seconds to 30 minutes. Just a little bit about it. When she talked about with Shauna, what she was going to, like Shauna said, she was going to go to France and meet it, meet a mime, oh, Francois. <laughs> which she improvised by the way, which I think is really cool. The actress, um, Thaisa starts talking about what she would have done. And as she was saying it, you know, I'm going to go to, uh, Howard pre-law double major in history and philosophy, et cetera. I'm like, I bet you she did all those things. And, and she did. And that's because Thaisa is so driven to get, what she wants done done we've seen that over and over again yeah and um she said not a single one of those things felt real i think that's about how when you're in a really extreme situation like they were out in the wilderness or people in war they come back to normal civilization and it just feels like pretending or something you know i like that scene in hurt locker where um jeremy renner can't handle the cereal aisle (laughs) yeah Handmaid's Tale had that too. I always think about um, Frodo coming back at the end of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, 
Yeah. 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 Like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, um, this is maybe a little, well, it's off the beaten path, but we got a message from a listener that relates to Taisa that instead of reading it in the listener feedback section, I'm going to read it here. Cause I just think it's, it's good. Really good. Lauren F says, just found your podcast. Love the in-depth discussions. Both of you mentioned being introduced to a newer, more loving side of Taisa, both in the way she was affectionate with Van and in her support of young Shauna's secret predicament. This is last mm-hmm. week's episode, by the way. She sent it before this week's. What surprised- I thought she was like predicting the future. I was like, whoa, are we going to say that? <laughs> what surprised me about those comments was that these nurturing qualities have been evident and consistent since our very first introduction of adult Taisa. Although the stress of the campaign is obviously derailing her household, I noticed right away that Taisa was an expressively loving, attentive wife, affectionate, mm-hmm. communicative, and sometimes even deferential. This was a glaring contrast to how she handles basically everyone else, although she seems warm towards Sammy, too, at least before his behavioral troubles ramped up. It's interesting that her marriage slash wife were overlooked in more than one person's analysis of of us on the podcast. I guess not a judgment, just an observation. Side note slash prediction. I think Taisa is sleepwalking at night, a condition she suffered before the tribal shit, but is now back in a big way due to campaign yellow jacket stress. Well, you're right on with that. Definitely. She's a staunch vegetarian because she feels so much guilt and shame after cannibalism. However, her body misses meat, so she's either eating animals in her sleep. She bid herself to taste the meat blood she misses. Sammy is protecting her because he's a confused child, yes. He's not developmentally ready to understand how a great loving mommy can also be a weirdo eating squirrels or dirt (laughs) in the tree outside his window. And why she's lying, his perception, because of sleepwalking, she truly doesn't know. And he's having to take the blame for things she's doing. It's very common in abuse dynamics as a comparison. As a comparison, kids will grip desperately to their stability because they aren't adults and can't live on their own. It's so sad. So the grown-ups who are in charge and take care of them are essential to their survival. Instinctively, kids will cope with the bad, weird stuff in the relationship if the relationship is combined with good and safe feelings too. That's why abuse kids often deny when asked. If they get a sense that the truth will rock their foundation, they're more likely to keep secrets. Sammy is not being abused, but his perception of his mother's emotional states, their home life, etc., appear to follow a similar, similar pattern. Good night. Looking forward to more recaps. Happy New Year, Lauren F. Amazing. Yeah. Great feedback. So glad you wrote in about that. I mean, I got to say, I, w- when uh, you guys did the um, podcast on the first five episodes, I think I even said this on my, I did think you, you were a little harsh on her, but I mean, everybody on this show is complex and look at what she's done. I think her big quote fatal flaw is that she's, she's driven and and that's not a flaw, but pushes hard for things that the people around her may not be ready for, like pushing through this campaign, despite her wife's objections, pushing through to make this trek, despite Van's objections and that leading to Van getting mauled by wolves trying to deal with this girl Allie on the team who she doesn't think is good enough for the team and ended up breaking her leg. Um, I mean, all these things are come from good, good impulses. She wants her team to win. She wants her friends and herself to survive, uh, this campaign, you know, that's a cool thing to do is to be a leader and try to help people. But it feels like either she has bad luck or just there's something where she's pushing too hard to the point where people get hurt. I don't know. Maybe you could say that's just bad luck. I don't know. Yeah. She's also very self-reliant and that is a a trauma response um, Mm -hmm. because you start to 
feel like you can't trust anyone outside of your own self and even mm-hmm. yourself vicious. She was like that before the crash too, though. Yeah. Self-reliant. The, yeah. Scene, the only scene where we see her home life, her parents are like, oh, we'll drive you to school. And she's like, I already have a ride. Yeah. Um, she's just, uh, she's independent and driven. And um, I feel like I've known a lot of people like her. Mm-hmm. My wife is like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you ever play football together? Sorry, no stalker. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think the alley thing does taint us a little bit in the first two episodes, though. Like, it's a very brutal thing that happens yeah. and the way that it's framed against perception of her yeah. yeah given that we see the cannibal council and then we see what happens to ali <laughs> right. i think we are we are pushed in a very specific way to think about violence and capacity for violence but mm-hmm. there was no way for taisa to know how bad that injury was going to be so yeah I, I can kind of see both sides of it yeah i think yeah. that was i think that's another way i think the writers are doing this on purpose they want to give us okay we're going to make you hate this person and then we're going to show you why you're wrong. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's making me what, uh, what you said, Penny, about somebody else being in the tree. I'm like, Oh, that would be an even bigger twist. We're like, yeah, we know who the lady in the tree is. And then we're like, no, there's another lady in the tree. Like, yeah, that's it's misty. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah it's misty in the tree. It's Adam. It's now Caligula. we're going to blame everything on Adam. It's Caligula <laughs> flying around, fucking with everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it was Caligula all along. <laughs> okay, Penny. Uh, okay, my final is, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about Juliette Lewis and the character Ugh. of Natalie. Oh, yes. This Dude. episode was raw and difficult to watch for her, that character especially. Um, I saw an interview with Juliette Lewis where she said she doesn't enjoy playing Natalie and she kind of hates Natalie. And then I saw an interview with um, Sophie, the the actress who plays the younger Natalie, mm-hmm. where she said she has to remind herself, you are not Natalie. Natalie's problems are not yours. Yeah. So this character is dark and it's having like a serious effect on these two women, which I thought was really interesting. Um, the carpet cocaine, I think, was one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life. Oh. So sad. Uh, she was so excited that so there was real, like... Though. A little mm-hmm. bit of drugs left. Yeah. It was very believable. Yeah. The whole, everything that happened in the motel room was just intense and raw and emotional. Even the misty part was like, okay, hilarious, but also <laughs> very emotional. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that must have been a very difficult filming reality for Juliette Lewis. She really, it was so raw. Like, it, yeah, so she really raw. put it all out there. I enjoyed her blackmailing her former sponsor. I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) And I also thought that now we have an explanation for how she bought that Porsche. Yes. Selling the information. Oh, yeah. People were wondering about that because we don't Mm. know. I don't think she has a job, right? I mean, if you keep going to rehab, you can't keep a job. right? Mm. So we don't know if she has what kind of support system she has, if any, a home or what. It doesn't seem like she has anywhere to go. Yeah. She's living in that crappy motel. Yep. And her mom sucks. Well, oh, yeah. Misty snorting up the Coke was so funny, but I'm like, why don't you flush it down the toilet? 
<laughs> I think that makes it perfectly misty, though, doesn't it? Because yeah. she doesn't do the freaking normal thing. Well, she's I mean, Meryl's normal, place. relatively yeah. speaking. She's like, I'm just going to do this. You're like, and then okay. she's like, yeah. Burns, right is that normal? It's so <laughs> funny. And then she's like, don't breathe that. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then she's like, you just blew three, you wasted $300 worth of blow. Well, A, I will Venmo you. <laughs> She's a great friend. Yes. I would not Venmo my friend for their no. drugs. I'd be like, no, that's your freaking problem. <laughs> like, I know, you druggie. Well, yeah. yeah, she, I mean, if it wasn't already clear, it's super clear now that she sees these women as her friends. Mm-hmm. And she says, she refers to Natalie as her friend when she's got her uh, kidnapping victim. Oh, it's a live yeah. freed to my f- friend's hotel room. I think Misty has gotten used to people not vibing with her personality and she's accepted that and she's accepted herself for who she is uh, and mm-hmm. she's comfortable with herself, but she still wants to be engaged with other people in her own weird way. So she considers them friends she's the type of friend that will stick a hidden camera in your room because she's trying to help. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she did actually help. Yes. That's the other thing. And I think Natalie even realized that when she's, saying, you know, I just stopped you from uh, relapsing. And I forget exactly what she said, but, you know, you don't have anybody else on your team right now. And she, Natalie didn't have anything to say to that. I think she was actually kind of moved by it, you know? Do you think that they know what she did to the flight recorder? Maybe. Oh, in the future, you mean? In the present day? Yeah. Yeah, I think they do. I feel like so, they do. I mean, freaking Natalie came over to her place with a gun ready to shoot her in the premiere. So yeah. it could be because of that or something else we haven't seen yet. Yeah, I think it's I I think they must because especially this antipathy from um and knowing that she's gonna fuck with um technology, like fuck with their cars or or do stuff like that. But I I mean it's such an odd yeah, I've come back to this back and forth about what a unforgivable thing um, it is. But I just wonder, mm-hmm. I'm like, do they know? They must know. Maybe, they yeah, must know. they might not. But they, they mm-hmm. clearly don't like her even yeah. more than they didn't before. And um, so, yeah, I mean, here when she's saying, she also, I think another thing that turned Natalie around was when she said, oh, wait, what if this was fentanyl or bath salts? I'll be dead in a minute. But I, I was willing to, take that risk for you i think mm-hmm. that had an impact on her too yeah it's absolutely. really interesting moment then she goes back to jessica all coked up and i'm like oh fuck what's gonna happen <laughs> now you know is she gonna go nuts on her but instead yeah. she just lets her go that whole scene with the parrot keyed or whatever it is was so funny she's like my oh little my baby God. i didn't mean a word of it chasing after her Poor Caligula. <laughs> Poor Caligula. <laughs> what a weird choice of name for a bird. Yeah, because yeah. it's a notoriously sadistic Roman emperor. Yeah. Although, ruthless. you know, Misty is sadistic. I mean, yes. she's mean to her patients. She tripped Coach Scott and poisoned him. That's mm-hmm. right. Can't forget that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention, since we're talking about this, the whole thing about Jessica where she unshackles her and she's like, are you hungry? I'm hungry. And um, even Jessica, as she's unshackling her, she's like, you look like hell. Are you okay? So I felt like um, Jessica has been so calm about this situation compared to anyone who 
anyone normal. Yeah. And it's because she's, I guess, gotten into dangerous situations in her line of work. But I, I feel like they were telegraphing by having her be so calm that she would be set free and it wouldn't, there would be no consequences for Misty. Now we don't know, maybe there will be, but that's what I feel like because, uh, Otherwise, I you kept thinking, well, how's Misty going to resolve this? She's going to have to kill her, right? <laughs> in other shows, when somebody's ca- captive like that and they get away, then the person gets in trouble. But I just think, like, I, I keep going back to it, but this Melrose Place heightenedness means somebody mm-hmm. on this show can get away with something like this. I think Jessica at this point is maybe sniffing an opportunity as well because Misty's letting her guard down a little bit. She's mm-hmm. a mess. She's not mm-hmm. in her right mind through Coke and Caligula. And uh yeah, I I wonder if there's a bit of I'd like to think that part of it is just human empathy, um, because the two of them are weirdly well suited, Jessica and Misty. There's something ruthless about both of them that sure. I'm sort of like, you kind of get each other. I'm just saying, if somebody like injected me with something and I ended up shackled in their basement, when I get away, I'm going right to the police. Oh yeah, I mean that's you know? fair. You you've made that clear from day one of our friendship, and I respect that. <laughs> I just want to make sure you understand this, okay? You were very You're clear. Still in the UK, right? Yeah, I'm still I'm still uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not nearby. I'm not I in the US. Basement. So <laughs> Okay, okay. Oh, that's funny. Um yeah, I wonder if Jessica's sniffing a little bit of an opportunity that Misty's let her guard down now, but um I thought it said a lot that Misty didn't kill her at that point i was like oh my god she's gonna do something this is gonna be awful something really gross is gonna happen she's gonna and then she's just <laughs> like you want to eat i want to eat i'm gonna make us some food and yeah. i'm like oh i i kind of thought yeah she's gonna let her go and and jessica's gonna be fine with it because she's this like merc- calm mercenary mm. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see i mean we only saw her on shackle i don't think we saw anything after that um yeah. and then back to um rebecca i mean um not rebecca rebecca told misty that travis's bank account was closed right after he died. So whoever mm. has that money probably killed Travis. I thought it was a bit convenient that, uh, you know, Natalie happened to know the person who works at the bank that Travis uses. Yeah, the bank. Yeah, There's only the one bank. bank. <laughs> only one <laughs> and bank in New Jersey. And also has leverage on her, but it was an entertaining yeah. sequence anyway. And Travis was in New Hampshire, so it's even less likely that it would be the same bank, but yeah, that's true, there are only like two banks now, so maybe it makes sense, um, <laughs> but uh, we didn't find that out, but I presume that Natalie will find that out next week. Cause she seemed to have this woman over a barrel. I feel like Travis had all his money in like Dogecoin or something. So it's probably <laughs> fine. <laughs> Douchecoin. No, just kidding. Douchecoin. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is, whose turn is it? I'm lost. Yours, Lucy? Um, that was my number three. So yeah. I think it's Lucy. Yeah. Um, well, mine, I think we may have covered it really. Um, I thought Misty was great in this episode. Um I did write, are Jason and I going to have a Negan-esque disagreement here? Because I, Jason, I listened to the one you were on a couple of weeks ago, um, just saying that you found Misty, just that Misty, you know, she had done something really unforgivable and it was kind of hard to get past that. And I, I do agree with that. But I did, in this episode, I really, she was quite endearing, an endearing little psychopath. Yeah. Um, Wait, what did it, what did she do now? I can't remember. The flight box. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah. right. Like, everything that happens from that point on can be attributed to her, unless we find yeah. out that the forest is like haunted or possessed or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, so I did wonder if we were going to go down a Negan esque path of like, mm-hmm. what can she do to redeem? But I think she's more complex than that. Um, and the only note I really have about that is just that Christina Ricci was incredible. And she and Juliette Lewis together in particular are just so entertaining to watch. Give them like a Norman Reedus motorcycling show but make them do it in character and I will <laughs> I will subscribe to HBO yeah. for that yeah. <laughs> I would totally watch a buddy cop show about the two of them <laughs> amazing. amazing another reason why I love this show I realized is the same reason I liked um, Orange is the New Black because mm. it's about a bunch of women with different personalities who seem like you know heightened versions of real people they don't all just seem like the woman i mean and that's more and more i think these days women are getting yeah. better parts and stuff like that but it's it it's uh it's cool it's different no it's that's great. wonderful i think oranges and new blacks a really good parallel to draw there because it's um i don't know it feels weird saying this but it's like ugly women in the sense of ugly sides of their personalities yeah. like the yeah right. you can you can show these awful things but also the warm and the sad mm-hmm. and the nuanced and i just think juliette lewis and um christina ricci where taisa and shauna are all about control and kind of keeping it in particularly shauna i think um there's something about the way that they throw themselves into this that is just so perfect and the two of them <laughs> together are are just wonderful um and that scene in the hotel room with misty running in was just brilliant um <laughs> i yeah i just i loved it um to me that was the the highlight of this episode and you know there's so many like little clickbait lines that misty has but i'll venmo you the money is is my favorite <laughs> um and caligula that's rude or something <laughs> like, anytime i do anything ba- really bad to somebody I'll be like, but i'll venmo you <laughs> a i'll venmo you <laughs> so yeah that was that was my number one it was brilliant nice. okay my last one is shauna adam and jeff yes glitter in the closet <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> journals missing from the safe and i guess the phone with all the contact info for the survivors dun, dun, dun. so i think i don't know what to think about adam but i'm glad she went straight over to his place and said okay who the fuck are you like i yeah. want to see what happens <laughs> next there um but how would he know the combo to the safe and also if he's in there hiding from her husband you would have you'd the hear beeps. the beeps <laughs> bloop, bloop. No, I got the code wrong, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh while you're out there, babe, what's your kid's birthday? <laughs> oh. Somebody online pointed out that you can break into one of those safes with a, a large a magnet, magnet, but why would he have a large magnet with him when he Yeah, right. Yeah. 
they're after the blackmail, right? Like he picked up the money. They had the whole chase scene. Then he went to Shauna's house and waited for her. And wouldn't you be really if freaking sweaty? Her, if that's him. Yeah. yeah. You'd be so sweaty after that. I mean, maybe not if you're actually in yeah. any kind of shape, which he apparently is. But I um, just think it's he's too obvious. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then it would have to be Jeff, right? So. I see. I we're in. I think we're a Jeff household. We think that Jeff's behind some of the blackmailing. Yeah, maybe you're right. Mm. I don't know. I've been suspect of Adam since the beginning. He, well, so he's clear. I mean, the fact that he said as soon as he said, uh, "Yeah, I just came to this hotel bar because I'm in the neighborhood." I'm like, "Bullshit!" Who does that? Who turns up at a hotel? Like, oh hey. Yeah, and you know, I think she's falling for him more than we realized. Mm. She said, you know, Callie's like, hey, he doesn't have an online presence, which an artist should have a portfolio. That's really juicy info for us, but painful for Shauna because she doesn't want to believe there's anything wrong. And and it's because, as she tells Callie, he wants me. I know that's impossible to understand. But Callie has introduced doubt and and um, she t- had told Callie this affair is not complicated, but it is. And you can tell by the way that she described Adam to Thaisa He's really earnest in a way that yeah. kind of makes you want to punch his face. But also sometimes I'm like, yeah, which I love that description. And it really jibes with his performance too. But mm. even more telling, she says the sex is great, but it's more than that. It's about that he makes her feel something. So I think um, she is maybe even subconsciously avoiding scrutinizing him too much and overlooking the things that don't make sense because she just wants to believe for herself that he is into her and and that's all there is to it and haven't we all done that yeah the early stage like in every relationship, relationship we've ever had <laughs> yeah. and the first i mean the first time we see adult shauna she's masturbating to a picture of her teenage daughter's boyfriend like there is an element of shauna i think particularly sexually that is stunted almost it's like arrested development like uh-huh. the the kind of excitement that she had with Jeff back in the car before the crash it's almost about trying to recreate that like nothing yeah. since that has been has been the same and yeah it is it's it's kind of heartbreaking to see her be taken for a ride a little bit i think there is that thing of realizing that yeah this does mean more to her than than we perhaps appreciated yeah yeah, yeah she might think she's in control but she's not sort of thing and when he said cabin in the poconos in the oh, woods i was like off. Yeah, a cabin in the woods. That's a horror movie staple from this guy who you just found out lied to you. And I'm like, come on. But she was fully about to pack a bag. I know. And 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 he said he she bought into him saying, "Oh yeah, okay, I did lie about going to that school, but that was just to impress you. And everything else I said was true." And then she asks him this series of questions, which he answers quickly that make you think he's either a damn good liar or he's telling the truth about this. That's how you get away Mm -hmm. with the lie. You couch it in a bunch of truths you know mm. so um i yeah I, I i don't i do think it's maybe a little too obvious that he's the glitter blackmailer guy um but i also think that there's clearly something else up with him is he heavy i don't think so yeah i, mean, I don't it's, know it's a it's a really tempting theory yeah but uh it's just impossible to believe that Shauna wouldn't recognize it. Yeah, that's that's where it falls down, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I think. Even though it's been 20 years and he was a kid, 
I just, I don't, I think she would at least be like, you look a lot really familiar to me or something. Unless it went full Melrose Place and it's like, I got all this plastic surgery (laughs) to make myself look different. And they're like, yeah, okay. If that's it, then I'm not going to like the show as much. (laughs) You say that, Jason. You say say that. that. It was all a dream. (laughs) And it was all a lovely dream. I loved when she was on the phone, the way that Melanie Linsky played it, making up lies uh yeah i'm calling from the yukon mfa studio arts program i don't know yeah (laughs) (laughs) i find that interesting because the yukon is like uh super remote canada and i'm like huh that would surely be triggering for you (laughs) i wasn't sure if she was saying yukon or university of connecticut i think that's i thought it was Uh... yukon too but it's u-c-o-n-n yeah, because I was like, uh, that's pretty specific. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, the Yukon is like, mm, I don't think there is an art school there, okay? And um, inviting her to a cabin in the woods, um, I'm like, dude, could they pull a huge shock and have her die in this season? Oh, my God, Wouldn't no. that be awful? I mean, it would be awful. Oh, my God, can you yeah. imagine? I, I hope they don't one, I tell you something i am sus of her daughter callie could callie be in on this with him like everyone's suspicious (laughs) because like callie is who the hell is alana like are we gonna have a thing where it's like oh it turns out her friend alana doesn't really exist like why is she always there like i don't know there's something about callie that i just think like is she pushing things is she i don't know that doesn't seem right to me she just seems pretty straightforward to me Straightforward. I, lo- I love how, yeah, Shauna just is totally unabashed about. Yeah, I don't really like her. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder if she's got something to do with it. That is my theory. We'll see. Who knows? Who knows? Selling information about her yellow jacket mother. Mm. Um, and then I did want to talk about Jeff. Uh, I even though they haven't mentioned the reunion before, I think maybe that's why they set the show in '96 because it's just in time for a 25 year reunion. In 2021 mm. some people thought maybe jeff's taking dancing lessons with this woman but no <laughs> i'm like i don't know wouldn't he want to take the lessons with shauna um, but now i do I've i do had the, <laughs> the time, time of my life <laughs> <laughs> i don't th- i don't know i think because of the constant misdirection that i feel like he's not having uh, no an affair and also when he stood up for shauna with jackie's mother and now he's kissing her and telling her she's gonna be turning heads no matter what it feels like he's pretty invested in trying to bring the spice back into their relationship to me yeah like at the marriage counselor yeah. he was into it yeah. yeah he was very um interested in taking her advice yeah yeah well it had to do with sex so it could have just been that but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but and then last thing, he tells Shauna, you know, you married into homecoming royalty. And the final episode of this season is called Doom Coming. So I wonder if, mm. and we're oh, supposedly we're going to cry when we watch it. So Aww. there's some doom coming. <laughs> oh, that's scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Time for some notes. Uh when Natalie said there are no queens in the deck, uh, she was walking past a pair of antlers on the wall which I thought was interesting. What did she say that about? The pack of cards. Travis oh, is playing oh. solitaire. She said there are no queens in the deck. And I was like, oh, a queen and antlers. Maybe huh. that means antler queen didn't make it. Well, um, I am glad to see they're actually fishing. I've been wondering for the last seven episodes why they're not trying to fish. Um, 
They don't seem to be doing very well, though. So not so good. Uh, no, but then, no. Wait, what did you say? They didn't try to fish? Because I don't think they did, did they? There was uh, when Jackie goes out to talk to Travis... I think mm-hmm. he's got a fishing net. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They started in this episode. Oh, I was oh, like, oh, oh they're sorry. fishing got, got, now. They've yeah. set up fishing traps. Because people were criticizing the show. Why don't you fish in the lake? And I think it's because who cares? It's not interesting, but I think they are fishing <laughs> in the lake. And then they found sustainable fish. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> right. that sucks. Okay. Uh, and my last note is that the music continues to be amazing. That yes. eerie vocals. Oh, oh my God. Haunting. Haunting. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. The scene, the Laura Lee scene at the beginning, there was this like chanty, religious, non yes. nonverbal vocal music that was really powerful. Mm-hmm. It oh, rem- so good. I think I've probably said this too many times, but White Lotus, did either of you watch that? Oh, yeah. It had that kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Excellent. Penny? I am concerned about Natalie adult Natalie mm. with Travis gone. She doesn't have anyone. She owes that promise to, to not mm. kill herself. And she's clearly spiraling. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, so I'm just worried. Yeah. Another thing that Misty did for her was give her some purpose because I think the last we saw her, she was arguing with, um, Shauna and Taisa and was like, fine, I'll do the plan myself. But there was no plan because she sold her car, lost 50 K and had no way to find the guy who took the money. So she's calling her drug dealer. So now when Misty tells her that Jessica knows, you know, about this whole bank thing that gave her something to focus on. Yeah. But yeah, good point. Anything else? I, uh, let's see. I had Jackie as a bitch. (laughs) Um, Let's eat her. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and just the, uh, some more about the gorgeous photography. This show has a lot of it. The, um, the opening Laura Lee sequence was all just beautifully shot mm. with like sun and lens flares and the underwater and the blood. It was just, it was gorgeous. Why do you think they had her bumper head? Do you think they were trying to say something about her mental capacity? I, I hope I've not. seen this argued. I don't think so. Cause she was religious before that. Yeah. <laughs> Peter thinks it was a, a dive of faith. He's like, if you look, her arms aren't out. She just falls head first. Uh, and that's a weird thing to do if you've been thrown or or diving. Um, I don't know if I'm completely on board with that, but I don't think she's, I don't think, I think if she hadn't been religious before that, we would have been like, oh, okay, that's maybe a bit of a weird thing to draw. Yeah. But it seemed like she was at a very religious camp. And I think it was about strengthening her faith because she almost mm. died. And she said to the lifeguard who gave her, uh, pulmonary resuscitation, cardiopulmonary, you saved me. And he said, no, he saved you. So I think maybe that was just a formative experience in her life where she felt like she was saved by God and it just really strengthened her conviction and faith. That's what I mm. took from it. But it was weird that it was like paired with a head injury. Yeah, <laughs> it was a, it was a it, flex. <laughs> you could see after the lifeguard pulled her out that it said shallow end right there where she was, where she dove. It's, I mean, it's weird. could Laura Lee just be dumb? <laughs> like, <laughs> could Laura Lee maybe not read? <laughs> like, I mean, the, the things about her personality that they were really emphasizing here is that she feels strong in her convictions and mm-hmm. she's that makes her very uh, confident and, you know, action oriented and everything like that. 
I also think that she believed God saved her for a reason. Yeah. And that the reason was to save the girls in this situation. He said, this is my purpose to the coach. Yeah. Okay. Anything else, Penny? Uh, Nope. That's all my notes. Okay. I just had a couple. They had Fade Into You by Mazzy Starr at one point. Oh, such a good chin. Song. I used to listen to that over and over. Um, This is back a little bit, but from another episode, but I think it was the first episode we see Misty going out on dates. Oh yeah. And yes. The guy, she's like sitting there going, you know, let's talk about what turns us on. And she might've had one weird thing in there, but mostly it was normal things. Mm-hmm. I just found it hard to believe that a guy like that would, I mean, she's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> <And> she's being <laughs> really fun and cute and i'm like i I don't they're not staging this very well if they want me to think that uh, she's vibing some weirdness because or maybe i have weird taste i don't know i thought she was delightful. <laughs> real done he i was like why would she go out with that guy yeah. he seems lame and boring and he, oh he and seemed the worst yeah and and i think the idea is that misty's weird and people are off put by it but the way it, it was staged it just felt like this guy is a loser we're not mm. going for it <laughs> yeah i can agree with that to be mm-hmm. honest yeah it, it is funny though because when natalie when they go back to her house and natalie's like you know hi misty you fucking bitch the guy is like i'm out i'm out okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. bye and last i i finally figured out the young natalie i'm like she reminds me of someone it's natasha leone who's in russian doll and yes kind of reminds me of her a little bit and orange is the new black that. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's particularly, I think she and Juliette Lewis are very well matched. I mean, they're mm-hmm. all really well matched. There's not a weak pair among them. But um, yeah, this uh, this episode in particular, I was like, yeah, they're pitched just right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so tricky for them to try to match each other's performances, but I think they're doing pretty mm-hmm. good. Okay, that's it. We will take a little break. There's more to come. Some news, lots of listener feedback. Stay with us. So who knows where we'll be tomorrow I think now and then of my younger self A sweet green girl with her joy and her sorrow I work every day to make her proud Her voice was broken so I sing aloud Every moment of the day that I Okay, we're back. It's time for some news. Jane Widop, Widop who plays Widop. Laura Lee, tweeted out... Laura Lee, you're such an honor to play, such a force and stronger than I'll ever be. I came into this role thinking we were nothing alike. And while that is still mostly the case, I slowly learned we have a lot more in common than I thought. I learned so much from LL and my fellow actors while working on Yellow Jackets. And it was truly a dream come true. Sounds like she's gone. (laughs) Uh, From doing my own pool stunt while playing 13-year-old me to screaming bloody murder while holding Leonard. Also for letting me name him. Big thank you to everyone who supported me in the role, especially our wonderful director for episode eight, Ariel Kleiman, Ashley and Bart, the showrunners, and Jamie Travis. I don't know who that is. Thank you for letting Laura Lee have her little girl boss moment. Little smiley Aww. face with a halo over it. Cute. <laughs> yeah. That's adorable and appropriate. And I only have one other item. It's it's kind of long, but it's, I think, from the interview you mentioned earlier with Melanie Linsky from Variety. Mm. Uh, she told Variety that this episode number eight was her favorite of the season. It was directed by 
Ariel Kleiman. And she says, and he was just so incredible the way that he worked with us. He just knows how to talk to actors. He said to me at one point, just do whatever instinctively feels right. And then my job is to build a beautiful shot around it. And a lot of directors in TV can think of the shots first, and then you have to fit to their composition. So we just all had a lot of freedom. Uh, we were able to play around and do so much. The story that I tell Thaisa about I was going to go to college and meet this poet who would run a literary magazine, that is something that I improvised from an actual love affair that I had in university. <laughs> it was fun to get to improvise that much. We didn't most of the time on the show. It was also nice to have a moment that was lighter and where you remember that these were two girls who were really close at one point. I think also it also shows what's going on with younger Shauna and Thaisa who are increasingly more and more there for each other, et cetera, et cetera. So that was cool. Yeah. Uh, they say there are so many secrets in Shauna's life from her time in the wilderness after the plane crash, as well as the affair she has in the present day that she keeps from her husband. Were these specific pieces you needed to know in order to play her? She says, I'm very commitment phobic with television. I'm very scared of signing on to something for years and years, which is what it was pitched at and not have it be something that's creatively satisfying for that long mm -hmm. period. So I just really wanted to ask the showrunners, do you have a plan? And they went into specifics. They talked to me about what they wanted to do in seasons two and three. And they told me Shauna has an affair that doesn't go well. They say, I've watched this season. And some of my big questions have been, what did she see in Jeff? And what does she still see in Jeff? She says, well, he's cute. <laughs> Honestly, the deeper answer to that is I think initially she was attracted to the danger of it. And the fuck you Jackie aspect of it, which is something she would be ashamed to admit. But it's a choice that she made. And I think she likes sneaking around. And then I think when she came home, she had a lot of guilt about what happened. Survivor's guilt, where you're like, why am I a person who made it out of that? Why am I here now? Especially living with the knowledge of having done some truly crazy shit. I think she just thought this is the responsible thing to do. But I feel like she hasn't been living her life for the last 25 years. She felt guilty to go on with the life that she thought she was going to have. Mm. They say, when we first met Sean in the premiere episode, she seems subdued compared to her arc over the course of the first season takes her. Were the moments where she let loose with Adam or chased a blackmailer opportunities for her to reveal her true nature or play character, so to speak, as she still figured out who she was? She answers, I think it's a combination of those two things. Part of it is she discovered stuff about herself in the wilderness that felt like the truest part of her. And that's not the best feeling because a lot of those things are things that when you're back in the suburbs, there's not a lot of places for that energy to go. When she's killing the rabbits and cooking the rabbits, I think that's a nice feeling for her to be in control. And she's very competent at doing this thing. And there's not a lot of need for her to be butchering stuff anymore. She's repressed a lot of stuff because she's afraid of it and afraid of how much she wants and the feeling she has. I think she's scared of herself. And over the course of the season, she's figuring out how to be herself without hurting people. And one more, they say, even after shooting the first season and talking to the showrunners about plans for future seasons, what are some of the biggest questions you still have lingering about Shauna? She says, embarrassingly, I'm realizing something I don't know is what happens to this pregnancy. I've been trying to be so specific and get all the stuff that I needed. And then I was like, that's a big missing piece. It's very important. So that's something that I'm really interested in. And then I'm just interested to see for older Shauna, if the choices she makes in season two start getting a little more sensible. It's hard to talk about without talking about the very end of the show, but there's a lot that I'm interested in exploring. And it's a really nice feeling to be like, oh, I could play this person for a really long time. It's really satisfying. Mm. 
That's great. It's a great interview. Yeah. She's a great interviewee, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That is it for this week's news. Let's get into some listener feedback. Penny, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, our first feedback is from Sherry Morford. And she says, absolutely loving this show and how it keeps you constantly guessing and questioning where it is going next. A couple of thoughts on this episode. I don't think we should jump to the same conclusion as Shauna that it was Adam who got in her safe. It could have been Ty or Callie just as easily and for their own motives. I hadn't considered Ty. Um, why on earth would Shauna ever consider going on a getaway trip to a cabin in the woods with a guy she barely knows, if with anyone for that matter? With what she's been through, I don't think she'd ever want to go into the woods again. I haven't liked Jackie since the first episode. While I know Shauna was in the wrong for sleeping with Jeff while Jackie was dating him, Jackie is the absolute worst and treats Shauna terribly as a friend. And now Jackie is going after Travis and trying to steal him from Nat. Can't stand her. Can't wait for her to get eaten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Oh, Sherry. Ty has shown that she'll like Ty still hasn't admitted that she's the one who hired uh Rebecca, is that her name? Jessica. Jessica. I wonder if that's gonna be one of the big reveals at the end of the season. Um, because that would cause a rupture in the group now, huh? Um yeah. Amelie Rochette, hello Amelie, says, great episode. I love this show so much. Wow, a lot went down this week. The worst for me was a scene when Van was getting sewn up. It was unbearable. I had to look away. My first thought when the girls lit the pyre was that Van was going to wake up. And then I thought, nah, they would for sure check her vitals first. But nope, they didn't. <laughs> I also thought it was weird that Misty did a line of coke instead of just tossing it on the floor. It seemed a bit dramatic, but it shows that she really cares for Natalie in her own weird Misty way. Something tells me that Teresa may have killed someone while sleepwalking and the group ate that person afterwards. Why waste fresh meat? Ty was afraid she was going to hurt her wife and son, so she must have done something like that before. As for Jackie, revenge is a dish best served cold, right? She's obviously planning on hurting Shauna back for sleeping with Jeff, which was really bad, I admit it. I think it's going to backfire on her. She's going to turn into a super evil bitch and the group will turn their backs on her. And is it possible that Shauna had the baby and gave him or her up for adoption and that him or her has something to do with the blackmailing? Lastly, does anybody else think we will see other survivors at the high school reunion? Can't wait mm. to hear your coverage of this episode. Oh, good question. idea, yeah. Because mm. I, I know we will see more, at least a few more before the end of this. You mm. know, I, I mean, yeah. I don't know that, but I, I really think we will. Yeah. Great feedback, Amelie. That Taisa may have killed someone while sleepwalking. That yeah, or hurt somebody. That yeah, I mean, it could be. just be her guilt about um, Van, but it seemed yeah. like more than that. Yeah. I agree. You never know. Greg Schwalm says one. So we see that Misty fucking Quigley has a heart for a bird. Also, we'll rush nose first into whatever random drugs you're getting ready to consume <laughs> to protect you. <laughs> to protect you. To Thaisa, just tell Simone what you did, whatever it was. Good God, woman, be upfront about something in your life. That's the person who committed their <laughs> life to you. Don't let them hitch their wagon to a runaway train. Three, Van just got ravaged by a wolf. No one wanted to touch the less damaged side of her neck to make sure she was dead before they built and lit a funeral pyre. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no time, no time in a hurry. 
Four, I feel like Shauna skinning and eating the rabbit was showing Chekhov's knife skills. It's got to come mm. back, right? Maybe Misty isn't the crazy, violent interrogator Shauna is, especially because it's personal. She started to feel it, and turns out that was just a manipulation. And now Adam can be put on a House Bolton flag. <laughs> Flayed. Oh, of course, that could be what the writers want us to think, and I'm mentally flaying the wrong person. I like the show. It's interesting to watch. I want to see the character story arcs and find out what made them that way, but you guys are the real MVPs because I wouldn't think of half the stuff you guys theorize. Thanks for that. Oh, thanks, Greg. Oh, thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Is that the same Greg who's doing the Wheel of Time? Yep. Podcast? Yep. It's a great podcast. Mm. Yay. Elisa Uranga. When Misty went after that blow, oh my God, I couldn't stop laughing. And then a little <laughs> laughy emoji. Steve Barr said, I'm wondering if the glitter in the closet came from Jeff working on the reunion. <laughs> oh, that's a good theory. Very possible. I could totally see something like that. Jeff's just like, no, honey, I bought a glitter gun. Like, <laughs> little card saying, I heart Shauna. Like, oh. yeah, right. <laughs> Laura H says, I might just be having a lapse of memory, but does Nat adult Natalie have a job? Where did she get the money to buy such an expensive car? Mm. By selling information. Bank, bank clients' information to mm -hmm. identity thieves. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rashonda Walker says, I personally think the writers could be trying to throw us off by making Adam suspicious. Yes, some of his actions are very odd and somewhat convenient at times but I don't trust Jeff any more than I trust Adam. There's also a chance the sprinkles or confetti could have come from Jeff, but they want us to think it's Adam. Just a wild guess. But I am assuming there aren't many episodes remaining, and I hope they move the storyline a little further next week. I know. I, I, want, I hope we get some really good, satisfying big answers by the mm. end of the season. I remembered last week that the actor who plays Adam was in a Channel 4 sitcom in the UK and he mm. played a character called Javier. <laughs> oh, so Adam hilarious. is Javi, at least in the UK. Is he um, English? In the show, no, he's Mexican mm. in the show. I think he's British nationality, but I think he's okay. half Mexican maybe. Um Jem Hall, speaking of the UK, says, I'm not sure where to start. It's a good job Van woke up when she did, otherwise she would have been barbecued. Laura Lee, bless her. It was weird that the teddy bear caught fire, but I think it was her seat underneath. The plane was just old and must have had problems. I think she should have tried to jump out of the plane. I would have. Misty was so great this episode. I'm amazed by the length she would go to for Natalie. It seems her weakness is her pet bird. Why did Jeff buy Shauna that hideous yellow dress? Does he not know his wife? Could he be the blackmailer and not Adam? And Jackie got a slap of reality, I think, when Natalie calls her out. That was a mean thing to do and shows her immaturity. But is she going after Travis now? Great, shocking episode. <laughs> this reminds Amazing. me of that show Soap that I mentioned on another podcast. I loved that show. They, I remember when you mentioned that. Yeah, say, I didn't know it. I forget if it was at the end or the beginning of the episode, but they would be like, why did Jeff buy Sean a hideous yellow dress? Does he not know his wife? <laughs> they would just yeah. ask all the it was questions. at the end and then they'd be like, tune in tune next, in next week to find out. <laughs> Rima Joe says, just from personal experience, anytime my ex bought me clothes, it was a disaster. Like he didn't know me at all. That doesn't shock me really. They seem pretty disconnected as an adult couple. Uh, she was about to take that dress out to the cabin in the woods, right? Mm -hmm. No, I think up. she was just looking at it. Okay. Okay. Although I'm more curious about him being the blackmailer, meaning meaning Jeff. 
I still mm-hmm. think he's not very smart, but he comes home with a dress from Saks. Money problems have been mentioned, but all of a sudden he has money for a Saks dress after the blackmailer takes 50K from the women. He can't be working alone if it's him. Jackie is really going to come into her own mean girlness trapped in the woods. She's totally going to hook up with Travis because Nat called her out and she outed Shauna's secret. Needs medical attention. Coach's leg is over there waving hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Lindsay Schlicht says, I'm glad we are making progress in the blackmailer slash Adam story. I'm going to be very unhappy if the theories that Adam is Javi turned out to be true. I don't care how much time you've been apart. If you lived in the forest with someone for 19 months, you are going to know their face even 25 I years agree. later. Mm. I really hope they don't go that way. That ending was no surprise, but it was still very sad. I can't ever imagine being so desperate you'd give it a shot flying a plane. Mm. Much like Game of Thrones once did, this show has helped me anticipate Sundays and even get rid of the Sunday blues. Between the show, the podcast, and the group chat, I feel like I think about nothing else all week long. <laughs> I, Thanks, Lindsay. I think it was, I can't imagine being so desperate that I would try flying a plane, right? Yeah. If the alternative is everyone dies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Although they did do it in Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> if oh, they only God, had a balloon, like a balloon shaped like, I don't know, a beer bottle or something. Yeah, yeah. only if they just had this one thing. Um, we have a final comment from a Redditor who says, House Podcast does the best Yellow Jackets recap podcast I found for the show, although their analysis is not on this subs level. Thank you, <laughs> a Redditor. I just wanted I put to put that in there because A, I appreciated being mentioned on Reddit. I mm-hmm. didn't put the person's name because they didn't directly write to us. So maybe they don't want their name on here, but, um, and saying that we did a great podcast and I, I pretty much agree. Like you're never going to get as good of analysis on a podcast as you will just by going to Reddit and reading. Through oh, Reddit's incredible. Detailed. For, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, it's making me laugh. It just makes me think of that review we got for the main show where it was like five stars. Office ladies is better. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. Like, okay. Like Six stars for office ladies then. <laughs> um, if we went in that kind of depth, the podcast would be like six it, hours it long. Would, it would. Mm. But I will say if you have some really intriguing theories, I, we always love to get those. So feel free to Absolutely. write them in. Or read one of the podcasts. If we start getting like a hundred pieces of feedback, we might have to start picking and choosing. But we love when people write in. This feels like one of the first sort of very theory yeah. heavy shows we've done in a while, like since Game of Thrones. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. We got a couple emails. This is from Chris Woolslayer who says, Hi folks, I'm really enjoying the recaps of Yellow Jackets that you all are doing. There are two things that I wanted to mention. First, I think Jessica and Adam might be working together or even related. They both have those beautiful dark curls and olive complexions. Of course, as a middle-aged mom, I kind of like the fact that this hot young guy is going after Shauna. LOL. (laughs) The other comment I want to make is that I think the group may have broken into two factions. Maybe there's one group with Shauna, Ty, Natalie, and then another group that we haven't seen the adult versions yet consists of Lottie, Laura Lee, possibly, she wrote this before, yeah, possibly <laughs> yeah. Misty and a few others. The one thing I've grappled with while watching the show is how they, how they can all decide to become cannibals in such a sadistic way. I feel like mm-hmm. for this show to go on for several seasons, there needs to be more. Anyway, always looking forward to your podcast. Oh, 
I mean, I'm like you, Lucy. I'm just like, so far, so good. Please keep it up to this quality. And yeah, we'll please stay good. Please stay ha- good. Happy. Yeah. 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 Please stay good. Thank you. <laughs> um, so our next email is from, uh, I don't know if it's Tiffany or Tiffany. Um, mm. Hi, guys. First, thank you all for the great podcast from the Podcastica team. Yay. I started with Jason and Karen on The Walking Dead, thanks to the Talking Dead podcast. And from then, I keep following Jason, Rima, and their playmates. <laughs> uh, Happy to love Yellow Jackets. Wasn't going to start it. Never heard of it. But listening to you guys, I did. And it's so good. Mm-hmm. Fills up the Walking Dead void very well and obviously pleases my Dexter side. Yep. Listening to the podcast, you said that Shauna didn't receive a postcard. But I thought she did, as you can see her in her kitchen, shoving one of the postcards in her pocket before going to the awkward Remembrance Brunch. I think she had a postcard from Natalie. Um, yeah, because for- yeah. she said she didn't get one. So if she did, then she would lie. But that felt weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe her. Um, thank you for your great podcast. I watched some shows just to have the pleasure to listen to you. Even fear. <laughs> oh. That is dedication. That is dedication. <laughs> <laughs> if a possessed character starts speaking French again, I can help. Uh, I love amazing. the fact that there are so many details to notice in the show. Young Shauna is wearing a t-shirt in episode seven with a French writing that says Lure d'espoir. I don't know. That's how it's which say. ironically means gleam of hope. <laughs> Let's hope we get more seasons, not like Why the Last Man, which was a good first season. Bon ani 2022. Oh, that's Thank lovely. you, Tiffane. I've got an email from from uh, someone called Daphne. Haven't heard of Daphne. Um, hi, Daphne. JK, we love you, Daphne. Um, hi, Jason, Penny, and Lucy. I'm away this week, so I want to share my thoughts on episode eight, Flight of the Bumblebee. Watching Laura Lee take off and then explode was sad, but not completely a surprise since we knew it wouldn't let the man leave. This could be a catalyst to some of the others to start listening to Lottie, although I admit I thought Laura Lee was going to play a bigger role in the group creation of a new religious experience with Lottie serving as a prophet. Maybe her death will instigate it. Finally, Shauna is going to throw down. The question to find out who Adam is. So many theories, but which, if any, are true? It seems we are going to get a class reunion. Damn, Jeff, that dress was bad. Wasn't there any other one at Saks that was better? <laughs> this will make her stand out for sure, but not in a good way. Just my opinion. Who will come to this reunion? Will any of the others come? I'm starting to ponder the following theory. What if not everyone who survived came back to civilization? What if some devolved and were too far gone and decided they couldn't go back because they couldn't keep the secrets of what they'd done? What if one group was rescued and didn't tell anyone about the second group? How else do you keep the cannibal secrets? Mm. I can't imagine anyone who participated would want anyone who didn't to be able to share the story. Misty in this episode was at her most... Misty. I can't imagine it's going to go well when she finds out that she's not Coach Ben's type. Jackie Uh is showing a side of herself that isn't very becoming. Hmm. Looking forward to hearing the podcast this week. Daphne. Thank you, Daphne. Yeah, I'm sure. I bet you Misty will find that out. We'll figure that out some way. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I like Coach Scott. I really don't want to see him get eaten. I know. Especially after this episode. He really endeared himself Grew on me yeah he reminds me of james marsden um oh yeah something about him i'm like oh. yeah i could see that mm-hmm. both good looking we love you daphne we've been listening to your coverage when you've been on and i'm used to a lot of people talking about my accent um but i love daphne's yeah. accent she's got a proper is it maine like the uh like a new england the, oh mishmash, so yeah. good new england yeah 
I love it. I love it. So please keep please keep recording. Come back. Replace me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this uh, we're trying to give a lot of people who are really into the show a chance, but that means that people have to give up their slot sometimes. Like, I, yep. it was hard for me, but it's fun to yep. hear different people's takes on it and stuff. We all just hit each other with crutches and poison one another until <laughs> until, there's until someone left. wins. There's three yeah. left. Yeah. See if someone falls in the pit and see what happens. <laughs> I like getting a wide variety of viewpoints, though. Yeah. Even uh-huh. though I would love to be on the podcast every time, it's it's just really nice to hear what other people have to say. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, I feel the same. Plus, it's a lot of work, so it's kind of fun to just kick back and be a fan sometimes. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, There we have four calls. Here's Steve Brown. All right. Here it is, House Podcast. First watch of Yellow Jackets episode whatever it is. (laughs) Eight. So I guess it's eight. I guess that confirms Van is dead. They're burning her body. (laughs) Oh, wait. Her eyes going to open up? Is this – is she going to – whoa. Maybe she is alive. I don't think that ever happened on Supernatural. <laughs> There's got to be a Laura Lee flashback. Oh, oh, that girl just hit her head diving in. Oh, Ooh. okay, that's ominous. Adam's not anywhere on the internet. So, Coach Ben is gay. Hmm. Don't snort it for her, Misty. You just wipe it away. <laughs> so, Shauna was confiding in oh no Taisa was confiding in Shauna that's interesting because so they bonded and yeah oh she's got the bird but oh Misty is crazy <laughs> oh, that's right it slipped my mind that Shauna was the one who joined her up in the attic and so that's where they had their, their bond Shauna and Taisa I mean gosh I'm mixing up these names Shauna ever get her car fixed well, Adam's saying all the right things. It makes me think he's on the level. But there's still no presence on the internet. Dude, you got to know that she jumped up on you. That way, too. So, <laughs> Misty Quigley, how far along are you? Okay, seriously, is this going to turn into an episode of Fear where they're going to get this plane running oh, and they're going to nope. clear a runway for it and she's going to be able to fly it? Ugh. Oh, Steve. There's no way this is going to work. There's no way she's going to get this plane off here the ground comes. and fly out of here. <laughs> How can the bear catch on fire from the something through the windshield? Well, I think that definitively confirms <laughs> that Laura Lee isn't on. And this show is not really okay, lucky. Can't wait to watch this one again and talk about it with the group, hopefully. We'll oh, see. my God, Steve. This episode was great for a live Steve because... <laughs> Oh, oh, so she's dead. oh, wait. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> I love hearing little bits of the music in the background. Yeah, too. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it on the fly. All right. Oh, so what do we got next? Linda Darcy. New name. Okay, podcast. First of all, thank you so much for doing this. I have been in the proverbial wilderness trying to find people, trying to find decent uh, podcasts about Yellow Jackets. And when you guys start doing it, woohoo! All kinds of happy. So real fast, I wanted to give you my top five for this past episode, keeping in mind that really number one is uh, Van's comment about fire, really, but I'm sure you're going to cover that. So here are mine, real fast. Number five, uh, Jackie sucks. What the hell? (laughs) First of all, Jackie sucks because of telling Travis about Bobby. I don't care if she didn't know about the back history between Travis and Bobby and the whole flux thing. Doesn't really matter. It's just a sucky thing to do. Uh, Number four, uh, Lorelai Lorelai, uh, exploding in the air um, only affects me because I thought she was the one that fell in the pit. I got to change my theories on that. Uh, Number three, Ben, condoms, 
okay, he has a boyfriend. He's going to uh, uh, Seattle, wherever the Portland, wherever the hell they're going, and he's got all these condoms. So either he's a real player, haters gonna hate, or uh, he was planning on hooking up with Martinez, and that is the uh, conflict that was going on at home in the Martinez family. Uh, number two, um, crack me up if you noticed that the uh, woman that Natalie was was trying was blackmailing about the bank stuff. Um, so they met at the NA meeting. The woman obviously stole like a dozen cookies from the NA meeting because she had them yeah. wrapped in a napkin and was eating them at the table in the coffee shop. And then when she got pissed at Natalie, she folded them back up and put them back in their pocket. Nice. Hysterical and yet Amazing. very lifelike. And then finally, number one, Jackie's a bitch. So yeah, like she's totally turned up for me anyway. Like I just thought she was, oh, typical mean girl, blah, blah, blah. But oh no, she totally turned on Shauna and uh, outing her for being pregnant, the whole thing, Bobby, Natalie, Travis. Oh yeah. Jackie can go. Jackie can go. Now, I don't know if she's the one in the pit. I don't think she's the one in the pit because I think she goes home. Uh, I, I'm not going to hit why because I got it from uh, some Reddit uh, thing. But um, I wish it was her that goes into the pit. Um, and that's all I got. Again, thank you so much uh, for doing this podcast. Y'all are, y'all are superstars. Uh, this is Linda. Thanks, oh, amazing. That was awesome. That was so fun. <laughs> Great call. Jackie Some... is a bitch. <laughs> Jackie is a massive bitch. <laughs> cool little details in there that we didn't really get to. So I oh uh, so much. Call. call in again, please. Um, yeah. so we really didn't mention what did you guys? I mean, I think I know the answer, but what did you guys think of Jackie outing uh, Shauna being pregnant? Oh, oh catty oh, AF. jerk move. Yeah. Jerk. I mean, move. I think it it probably is good for people to know and. It's a point about, yeah, let's get her some medical attention, but you check with her first, <laughs> right? You yeah. don't say it yeah. without getting her permission. It was not done with that in mind, yeah, was it? It was right. done with, yeah. Yeah. And the more you guys talk about it, the more I just feel like, yeah, Jackie was totally manipulating that whole situation. Yeah. <sighs> with Travis and everything. Okay. We got two more calls. Here's Alex. Hey, just want to leave some feedback for episode eight. This is Sandra Norberg. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Alex. Uh, just had a couple of things. First off, I um, was really excited to see that Van was, that she, she survived, even though that they had to do a little uh, little minor surgery on her mouth with no anesthesia. Ugh. I was a little taken aback that Misty didn't come up with like a stretcher or something. Yeah. Make up a hammock <laughs> or something. All the long um, second thing yeah. was the relationship between Shauna and Callie. You know, Callie's been kind of the smartest person right now or the most focused. She understands what's going on with Adam and Alex hates Adam. You know, there's just <laughs> she just doesn't hold back. Um I really believe that Adam is a red herring. What do I mean by that is I think that he's involved he's with the money, but I think there's another person, whether it be Jeff, whether it be somebody else that we don't know, mm. they're paying him to do all the dirty work. Um, in terms of the safe, I think it could be Jeff or Callie because those are the only two that really would know the, uh, the yeah. combination. Um, and I really love from the last episode how Natalie broke down and now Thaisa and Shauna were talking and they were getting real with each other about yeah. the sleepwalking, about the the cheating on their husbands, all that stuff. Um, 
One thing that I did kind of also notice was the whole reunion dress. That was just so kind of messed up. Um, I think also that Jackie is just a maniacal, miserable bitch. <laughs> and she's going out of her way to make everybody who is successful in the in the woods um, miserable. I also do believe that Misty fucking Quigley is the greatest character ever. Sponsor ever by snorting the coat. Um, that was a great scene with Natalie, as well as then Natalie goes and blackmails her old sponsor. Um, lastly, it, it just was heartbreaking about the um, the plane. Um, I, I loved how they had Laura Lee in the beginning when she hit her head and all this other stuff, but it's there's something messed up and. This is like a really bad episode of Fantasy Island. Um, can't wait to hear your thoughts. Talk to you soon. It's the worst episode ever. <laughs> Whose fantasy is this? The plane! The plane! Yeah. <laughs> Whose fantasy is this? Caligula. Caligula the bird has this fantasy. <laughs> uh, that's a good call, Alex. All right. Oh, that's funny. One more call. It's from Wendy. It's a four-minute call. Uh, we usually ask that people, you know, have around a minute and a half to two minutes but since wendy's not hosting this week she gets special dispensation and i'm sure it's going to be amazing so here we go and if it's not we'll eat her <laughs> hello house pad castica jason penny and lucy i'm really excited to hear lucy's take on this show oh, thank you i have so many thoughts this show has become uh, a fixation for me right now which is great because i could really use the diversion um, so I'm just going to plow through because I have lots of thoughts. Mm. The cold open. Let's just talk about what Van has been through. She's in a plane crash, almost burns alive, cast away to the Canadian wilderness, goes against all her common sense to trek through the wilderness with Thaisa. Her lover falls asleep while she is then mauled by wolves. Then her friends obviously do a lousy job checking for a pulse and begin to burn her alive. <laughs> Our group speculated intensely over whether Van was alive or not, and we came to the conclusion that she was alive. In those first 30 seconds, my heart just dropped to see her on a burning mm. pyre. Would you burn your friend in the middle of the woods if she died? What were they going to do then? It's just crazy. The scenes between young and grown-up Thaisa and Shauna were really sweet. Shauna was supposed to go to Brown and be a writer and travel overseas and marry anyone other than Jeff, but she didn't do all those things, mm -hmm. and she seems to blame the path her life took on the plane crash and the events afterwards. But Thaisa achieved all of her life goals that she had before the crash, and it doesn't really make mm -hmm. her life feel any better than Shauna. They're all haunted by the events that happened in Canada. Natalie and Travis. Uh, they were trying, Natalie was trying so hard, Travis was kind of being a butthead. This is interlaced with scenes of adult Natalie obviously struggling with addiction, grief, and loneliness. Juliette Lewis is just so amazing, and young Natalie plays off that so well. Travis basically breaks up with her for having lied to him about her sexual history. They really hurt each other here. When the plane crashes, the bumblebee explodes. We see Travis consoling Jackie, and I'm wondering, mm -hmm. is that going to be a thing in the next couple episodes? We know that Travis and Nat come back together at some point, and they mean a lot to each other, but I'm thinking we have a lot more story to see there. Yeah. 
Misty on cocaine was amazing in this episode. It really brought some hilarity and lightness through the episode. Loved it. Do we think Misty intends to let Jessica go at some point or kill her? Because it seems like it would be hard for her to let her her go. go. Jackie is pretty despicable in this episode. She's not contributing to the group. She's all for Thaisa marching through the mountains alone or for Laura Lee to fly the bumblebee. But she isn't taking any risks herself. She's just sitting around doing nothing. We see her sitting near the nets and then um, questions Travis about if there's anything in them. But, like, why didn't you check that yourself? She questions Travis about why he isn't out hunting when she's doing nothing. And then she unloads and really betrays Natalie in a horrifying way. The things that she says about Natalie are really awful. Mm -hmm. And then outs Shauna for being pregnant. She's really setting herself up to be the villain, villain, in my opinion. Or dinner. Um, (laughs) And my last note is, is Adam Javi. When parts of our group had this theory, I thought they were crazy for talking about this. But here it is. Was... Javi slash Adam, the one that emptied Travis's bank account. Mm -hmm. Shauna finds the glitter in her closet. Her journals have been stolen from her safe. She immediately runs to bang on Adam's door and demand, who the fuck are you? The camera immediately cuts to a scene where we see young Javi slowly revealed in a Jon Snow is Aegon Mm -hmm. Targaryen moment if I ever Mm -hmm. saw one. Um, And then, of course, the other side of me says the glitter could be from Jeff, it could be from Callie, or it could be from any other person who may have come to steal the journals. But I think it's really shaping up that, yes, Adam is Javi. Can't wait to hear all your thoughts. Love you. Thank you. Maybe they just want you to think that that's why they did that cut. Misdirection. (laughs) Or maybe you're right. They are good at messing with our heads. Yes, they are. Uh, uh, Jessica, I thought that was Misty letting her go, but now that you mention mm. it, she's not out. <laughs> so. She's not up the stairs <laughs> <Yeah>. yet. <laughs> I somehow missed, even though I watched this episode three times, missed anything like unshackling. So now I have to go back and look at it again. Oh, did I look mm. at that wrong? Did you see it, Lucy? No, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. She, she got she unshackled. Yeah, there. it was subtle though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it all of the shackles or just mm-hmm. like? All four, yeah. Hands, oh, wow. hands and legs, yeah. How did I miss She that? was saying Weird. it while she was saying, "I, oh, I had one of those days, which is like, yeah, you know, when you go over and snort all your friend's coke. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been you there. We've all the been there. Coke. It's funny uh, what Alex was saying, too, to think of Misty as like the best sponsor ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just comes over and does all your drugs for you. Um. <laughs> Yeah, thank you guys. Great oh, feedback. Love it so much. Appreciate it. All right, that is our show. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you guys for coming on. That was that was a blast. Absolute pleasure. You guys are thank fun. Thank you so much. And if you people would like to write in or record a message and send it in, you can send it to talk at podcastica.com. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash podcastica. We're also on Twitter and Instagram as at House Podcastica. Please check out the other shows on the Podcastica network at podcastica.com. I mean, in case you guys don't realize, right now the Podcastica network is basically three shows. There's House Podcastica, 
which is, you know, you're listening to it. You've probably noticed other shows we cover in your feed. There was Wheel of Time that ended recently. Cobra Kai just came back. It's so good. Uh, and Boba Fett and the show Yellow Jackets. But we also have two other shows. There's Strange Indeed. That covers a lot of dark and twisty shows. They're doing Dexter right now, the revival, which is really good. And they're, you know, about ready to wrap that up next week. Um, but they've covered Stranger Things, of course, and a whole bunch of other shows, mostly on Netflix, but uh, uh, other networks too. We did Lock and Key recently. That was great. And then there's the one that started it all, Walking Dead cast, where we cover The Walking Dead and the spinoffs, Fear the Walking Dead, which we don't like, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and The World Beyond. And then during the breaks, we do like horror movies and stuff like that. And uh, that's really fun. And you guys are getting ready to do an episode. Is that coming together, Lucy? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, we're going to be recording next week, hopefully. It's going to be the women of Podcastica, and I have no idea what they're going to say or cover or anything. <laughs> we're going to discuss what we would do in a plane crash. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> so that's that's what's going on on the Podcastica Network. Next episode for this show will be Yellow Jacket Season 1, Episode 9, Doom Coming. Mm. Bum, bum, bum. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening and for all the great feedback. Buzz, 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 buzz. I'm out. I'm out. Bye.